1: And welcome, everybody, to episode number 32 of the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. I'm your host, Rob Fidoff. Also known as RPT, you can find me on Twitter, at PFidoff. Again, that's at P is in Paul, T and in Tom, H-I, T as in Tom again, O-F-F-Frank-Frank. Frank. For all Notre Dame athletic updates, please go to my Twitter account. And episode 32 is presented by BetUS.com. Bet with three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now for 125% bonus using promo code DSP125. Again, that's DSP125 or a 200% bonus with crypto using promo code DSP200. Again, DSP200 and bet sports, casinos, horses, pop culture and more at betus.com. You bet, you win, you get paid betus.com. So before I get into the Clemson recap, I just want to do two things. Last night during our little snippet, I said Clemson was 7 and 1, they're actually 8 and 1. Obviously, they only lost being to us, Notre Dame. Uh Notre Dame won 35 to 14. Clemson was ranked number four. If you had told me we would run for, get this 263 yards against one of the best defensive lines in college football. If some think they were the best, obviously after last night, no, but I think that's because Notre Dame has a really good offensive line and are starting to gel. 263 yards last night for Notre Dame rushing. I knew it could happen against Syracuse, but with Clemson, yeah, that was um pretty. Pretty impressive, and I just did that little snippet last night. I forgot to mention that uh, Logan Diggs actually had more yards than Audric Estime last night. Logan Diggs has had been a hell of a season. Not heavily recruited, pretty much a three-star kid. And I mentioned this before. We were going after Will Shipley hundred percent to get Will Shipley, who was at Clemson last night. That didn't work out, so they went with Logan Diggs. I'm glad they went with Logan Diggs because I, I, I should you not. This is pretty much since 1992, so 30 years ago, where I saw such a great one-two, thunder and lightning, whatever you want to call it, combination of running backs. That would have been Reggie Brooks and Jerome Bettis backfield, and then Rick Meyer was the quarterback. Obviously, I said Drew did enough to, to not lose the game last night. He did a serviceable job, but I would love to have Rick Meyer in that backfield with these two running backs here. And now we're starting to see two running backs to rush over 100 yards, against one of the best defenses in the country. Excellent job. He only had nine completions, Drew Pine. Forward to Michael Mayer for 44 yards and one touchdown. Michael Mayer set the all-time touchdown receptions uh, at Notre Dame, which was 16, I believe, uh, and counting, hopefully. My only thing, Lorenzo Stiles is getting dropped another pass. The only ball that was thrown to him, something's going on there. Whether it's, I don't think it's football-related at all. I'm not speculating anything, but something – outside of football is affecting him right now and I hope they address that and he's a really good kid he's here locally at Pickerington Central uh his head's just not in the game right now and I know the kid cares a lot he works hard he just dropped a perfect pass from Drew Pine last night he's struggled the last 3 games I don't know if he's even caught a pass the last 3 games so in any events um we shut down Will Shipley he only had 12 carries for 63 yards uh, special teams we had a record in the um NCAA last night for a, a six block punt this season. That's a record uh, for college football right now. And there probably could have almost been, there's actually two that could have been blocked last block last night as well. They, um they just missed two more uh, block punts. Jordan Patello. He had another one. A uh, great job by him as a special teamer. Brian Mason, the most impressive assistant coach right now for Notre Dame. He's a, uh, to me, he's the assistant coach of the year right now. And they do give an award for that. Um, the only thing the special teams is struggling right now, and that's this isn't really – I know it's – he's his coach is Brian Mason, but Blake Groupie, our uh, place kicker, he's starting to really struggle the last three games. I think he's missed a field goal in the last three games. And there's only so much Coach Mason can do to get him to kick good field goals. So that's been the only sort of little hiccup struggle for our special teams lately is our place kicker when kicking field goals. So, but everything else, A plus. I mean, just outstanding. The next three games, I said last week we cannot continue just to run, you know, smash mouth football like we did in Syracuse. We did that last night against a quality opponent. Again, the number four team in the country. Next thing, we're we're facing an undersized Navy team. It should be pretty much the carbon copy of the Syracuse game and a lot better because they're extremely undersized, of course. And then Boston College is horrible. Again, we could smash mouth football with them. USC is having a pretty good season. They've only lost one game to Utah. Their defense is very suspect, especially the D-line. We could probably do the same sort of philosophy, unless someone shuts it down and then we have to improvise and start doing more play-action passes, uh, more bootlegs, get Drew Pine more involved with the passing game. But I think these next three games, we can more or less do a carbon copy, switch things up a little bit. I mean, you don't just want to be too predictable. Kind of like that last drive last night, we were just smash-mouthing Estime, Logan Diggs, a nice little run by Drew Pine, and then we have that element of surprise to get that little, uh, I think it's about an 18, 19 year old, uh, past uh, Michael Mayer, and the element of surprise to get that touchdown. I think we can do that these next three games. It would be great to knock out USC for any chance to go to the playoff. You know, they're saying, you know, USC's back right now. And, you know, with Lincoln Riley now, everything's so called fixed, even though they do have one loss right now. It'd be great just to knock them off, uh, for any sort of, uh, Chance at the playoffs. And that just keeps propelling us for, you know, to win a bowl and to get back into contention for next season, is what I'm trying to say. That would be awesome right there. There's still so many chances for this to win these next two games, upset USC at USC. And this narrative keeps changing where, oh, Notre Dame's a mess right now. They never should have. Brian Kelly, you know, when he left, it's just in ruins. No, we're starting to, and that helps recruiting too. Um, and I forgot to mention too, I think over 30 recruits were at the game last night. So with that electric atmosphere and everything, maybe some of those recruits that ended up backing out over these past couple months, maybe they sign with Notre Dame last night. That crowd, I have not heard that crowd that loud, probably since 2012, the Stanford game, it was hard to hear. And this was a good thing because nothing gets Jack Collinsworth or Jason Garrett, but they are just not the greatest, uh, announcers for Notre Dame, second rate. It's like the JV of announcing, like trying to get them ready for a bigger job at NBC. The crowd was so loud. I couldn't hear those two, which was great because they're not good. They're just not. Um, I think I and some buddies could do a better job of that. But anyway, that crowd, and they said, if you were in person, it was even more spectacular in person, how loud the crowd was, the environment, you know, the electricity and the environment. It sounded like that and then some last night. So, And again, a bonus, we don't have to listen to Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett. J.D. Bertrand, hell of a game last night, too. Uh, That was probably his best game uh, at middle linebacker. He's taken some heat from us various critics and everything, but he played great. Drew Pine wasn't Joe Montana last night, but he did what he had to do. When you get that much help from the defense, special teams, I mean, all you had to do is pretty much manage the game. And that's what Notre Dame did in the late 80s, early 90s, where they didn't even have a defense like this, though. This is this defense is a hell of a lot better than those, those Lou Holtz bend but don't break defenses. This is a, like I said, a hell of a defense. It's just those offenses during the Holtz days, even though they were, they were going to run pretty much 80 to 90 percent of the time, throw a pass in there once in a while. The D they knew they were just gonna smash mouth their way down the field, and there's nothing the defense could do to stop them. And that was last night, even the first when we, we didn't go three and out the first series, but I think we got one or two first downs and then like, okay, here we go again. They were blowing the D de- the, the defensive line off the line of scrimmage. I mean, they were moving them around like, okay, if we can get some drives together, I, I think this offensive line is really getting good. So uh, hats off to uh coach, uh, Harry, he he's done a heck of a job after coming back to Notre Dame. Great win, thirty-five to fourteen over Clemson, who are who are number four. Let's keep this train rolling. Next week is Navy, BC. As I predicted earlier in the year, I said nine and three, not this way. I wasn't expecting to lose to Marshall and Stanford. We're slowly starting to come around and get an identity. Coach Freeman's philosophy is starting to encompass everybody. You know, both the assistant coaches. I think, he, and here's the last thing I'll say. I think early on he left too much. Too much freedom to the assistant coaches. I mean, you don't want to micromanage them. But at the same time, I think he left them too much freedom. And then he had to say, hey, circle back with them and say, hey, I'm the boss. Things have got to change. And so far, they're responding very well. Thank you so much for uh, joining episode number 32. And as always, go Irish.